Tonight, thanks to a democratic process, the pride flag will not be raised at a Catholic school board district. But will this be reversed in the months to come? It's Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is The Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Well, that was quite the raucous shindig at the York Catholic District School Board headquarters situated in sleepy little Aurora, Ontario the other night. That's when members and allies of the LGGBDTTIQQAAPP community gathered en masse. By the way, am I missing anyone here? Do I need to go on Wheel of Fortune and buy a vowel, or does a 14-letter descriptor cover all the bases? Anyway, Monday evening's board meeting, in terms of the queer community, kind of resembled a Yoko Ono concert. You know, it started off badly and then proceeded to get horrid. Now that's entertainment. I must observe that Miss Ono's song kind of resembles the oratory so many of the spirit unicorns were spouting after a particular vote. You see, on this evening, once and for all, the YCDSB was going to determine whether the pride flag would be raised on York Catholic District School Board properties. And seconds after the majority of trustees turned their thumbs down on that proposition, several members of the Rainbow Mafia engaged in a hissy fit, and then they hastily retreated to a guarded meeting room so that they could weep. Oh, yeah, they really did that. You know, it makes you wonder, haven't any of these folks seen A League of Their Own? <laughs> Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Oh. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. That's right. There's no crying in baseball. And I'm pretty darn sure there's no crying at school board meetings either. At least I've never witnessed crying at school board meetings, even when I showed up pretending to be Busty Lemieux at the Halton District School Board last October. Now that's something to cry over. Then again, the adults in the room that night, those would be, you know, Catholic parents of Catholic school children that adhere to Catholic doctrine that one would expect to be taught in a Catholic school system. Well, some of those folks were crying too, but those were tears of joy. Can you blame them? Victories at Ontario school boards for Team Normal are few and far between these days. So many school boards have veered so out of control, going woke and politically correct. No longer are schools all that concerned with the three R's. Rather, indoctrination has eclipsed education. Marxism is being peddled in the guise of inclusion, diversity, and equity. So it was that for the concerned parents in the audience, the YCDSB turning down the demand to fly the pride flag was a sweet victory in the mouth of madness. 
As for the LGBTers, one must ponder, is this community really that fragile? You know that unless a multicolored piece of cloth gets to flap in the breeze, then this inaction is akin to a hate crime? That this will somehow be constituted as a slap in the face? Jeez Louise, it's a flag for goodness sake and a fake flag at that. Get over yourselves. By the way, speaking of the pride flag, this thing, like some of the constituents it represents, it seems very fluid these days, doesn't it, folks? Here's the original pride flag. Now, speaking strictly from a design standpoint, I like it. I mean, who doesn't like a rainbow after all? The presentation is colorful yet simple, you know, like those classic jerseys the Houston Astros used to wear. Indeed, both the original pride flag and the old Houston Astros jersey work if one subscribes to the design philosophy of less is more. But recently, this rendition, or is it abomination, this is what has come along. Apparently, the triangular white, pink, and baby blue hues were added in order to represent the trans community. But wait a minute here. Wasn't the trans community already represented in the original design? I mean, the T in LGBT stands for transgender, right? Ah, oh, never mind. Trans people are extra special people, so they deserve to get double-dipping treatment vis-a-vis -vis the flag, I suppose, even if it ruins the design of the original flag. By the way, the brown and black hues apparently represent brown and black people, but wait a minute, isn't the flag all about sexual orientation and gender identification? What does race have to do with that? Well, I guess we'll all have to deal with it, okay? But wait, there's more, folks. The other day at a Starbucks in Whitby, Ontario, I came across this rendition of the pride flag, which was displayed in the cafe's window. Yellow has been added along with a purple circle. What in blue hell is that? I you know I suppose I could Google it, but honestly, I, I just can't be bothered. Besides, what do you want to bet that the flag will be further updated for 2024? How about adding an illustration of the kitchen sink? I'm just saying this, my queer friends. Your symbol is quickly becoming the Pontiac Aztec of flags, given the hideous mishmash of angles and lines and jarring colors. You're one tweak away from this symbol becoming, well, the flag version of the most hideous hockey jersey ever concocted. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Vancouver Canucks, circa 1978 to 1985. You know, I can't believe I bought one of those jerseys back in high school when my second favorite Maple Leaf player of all time, that would be Tiger Williams, was traded to Vancouver. Did he say which? Anyway, when it comes to flags and inclusivity, I kind of like the red and white one that flies over our great, albeit constantly under attack, Dominion. That would be the Canadian flag. Last I checked, it's supposed to stand for all Canadians, regardless of one's sexual orientation or gender identification. But apparently, such an all-encompassing flag isn't good enough for the queer community. I don't get that. After all, a nation's flag is supposed to unify all its citizens, is it not? 
Another thing, how and why did this celebration of queerness morph from a single Pride Day to a Pride Week to a Pride Month? And now advocates are pushing for Pride Season. You know that chunk of calendar real estate, otherwise known as summer. How much acknowledgement do these cats need? Indeed, does it not seem so perverse to you that there is only one day set aside every November to honor our veterans and those who made the ultimate sacrifice? Why is that? Oh, you know, I think I know why, given the context of the loony left these days, which is to say this idea of men going to war and fighting and sometimes dying, well, that's so much toxic masculinity, isn't it? Can't have that, not these days, even though it was a damn good thing we had copious amounts of toxic masculinity some 80 years ago when it came to putting down a certain dictator hell-bent on world conquest while carrying out a genocide. Otherwise, maybe we're speaking German in Canada today. Otherwise, the swastika, rather than the maple leaf, flies from coast to coast to coast. Say, do you think there would be any tolerance for the pride flag in that sort of fascist regime? So maybe a little toxic masculinity here and there is not such a bad thing after all, wouldn't you say? And yet how shameful that four of the YCDSB trustees placed their Catholic values in the closet on Monday night and actually voted for the so-called pride progress flag to be hoisted. They bought into the lunatic fringe argument that by not raising the flag, Catholic schools would not be safe spaces. Seriously, that was an argument that was presented. No pride flag in June means homophobia and transphobia and biphobia would just go off the charts. Does anyone really believe that? Look, if there are any students who are part of the queer community at any school who are being harassed and bullied, well, that is appalling and egregious. But does anyone really think that the gay bashers out there are rendered impotent by the flying of a pride flag? Really? No, what's needed is for school principals to actually live up to the zero tolerance for bullying mantra as opposed to simply giving lip service to it, which is sadly par for the course these days. Speaking of bullying, we also have to consider the players behind the pride flag campaign, such as Paulo de Bono. Now this guy is a real piece of work, folks. He is, or maybe was a teacher in the Toronto Catholic District School Board. When we first attempted to reach out to him, he was teaching at St. Antoine Daniel School, but due to an avalanche of parents complaining to the Toronto Catholic Board, Mr. DeBono has either been reassigned to another school or maybe just like Bussy Lebeau in Halton, he is being paid a full salary to stay at home and do nothing. That's how school boards roll these days, folks. They reward failure. So what's the skinny on De Bono? Well, if you can imagine, he's a Catholic, 
a Catholic school board teacher, no less, who hates Catholicism. I know that's crazy, kind of like saying, you know, I know of a wolf that hates to eat red meat, but it's true. Our friend Sue Ann Levy at True North has done a stellar job chronicling the perverse agenda of Mr. De Bono. For example, he claims that Jesus Christ was black and that he was either transgender or non-binary, even though he has no proof of this whatsoever. He bragged that he was going to be the first teacher to bring Drag Queen Story Hour to a Catholic school. Even to this day, he wears two masks indoors, typically peppered with LGBT political statements. And at St. Antoine, he allegedly took down the cross in his classroom and replaced it with a pride flag, creating a so-called rainbow room. And De Bono is a nasty piece of work. If he disagrees with you, he'll block you on Twitter. If he really, really disagrees with you, he'll threaten to sue you. How Christian of him. And even though he works with the Toronto Catholic District School Board, De Bono has been attending meetings at the York Catholic District School Board where he tries to, oh, I don't know, pollinate his perversity north of Hogtown. He also likes to goad practicing Catholic parents. By the way, we caught up with him on Monday evening as he waited to get into the YCDSB meeting. Hey, we always believe in getting the other side of the story, but when it comes to De Bono, as they say in Alabama, this dog don't hunt here. Check it out. Hey, Mr. De Bono, what brings you up to the York Catholic Region District School Board? David Menzies. I tried to reach out to you, but you blocked me. Now, you claim that Jesus Christ was a transgender um, racial person, I think black or brown, is that correct? You're no longer at the school. Now, have you been transferred or have you been fired? No, you can't articulate your points, uh, Mr. DeMono. I thought you were a teacher. Are you teaching at another school? Sir, why is someone who is employed with a Catholic school board um, not beholden to Catholic values? Well, this is incredible, folks. This is actually a school teacher with the Toronto Catholic School Board. Uh, he's no longer at his school. We don't know if he's being transferred to another school or maybe it's like Busty Lemieux. He's being paid full salary and benefits to stay at home. Now we have reached out to Mr. DeBono in the past, um, but he's got a funny communication strategy. By the way, as far as I could tell, everyone in that lineup was part of Team Spirit Unicorn. They began lining up more than an hour before the board meeting was scheduled to start. The idea was to pack the room so that those parents who actually embrace Catholicism would be shut out from attending the meeting. And check out this little interaction we had with a pair of De Bono uh, defenders, I guess. It was downright weird. You? Pardon me? You have nothing better to do? Who are you? Who are you? I'm David Menzies with Rebel News. Okay, well, you can go. Okay. I, I, did you say I can go? Yeah. Okay. I'm having difficulty. Oh, is you that right? Leave. I'm having trouble hearing you with your face diaper on, actually. Oh, 
So why do you want me to go? Is this not a publicly funded school board? Who's that? This teacher over there. Oh, you speak for Mr. DeBono. He's unable to himself. I thought he was an educated oh, man. Yeah, because y'all are idiots. Pardon so me? that's all I'm going to so say. So you're just a bigot? You can go. Oh, what makes me a bigot, ma'am? Or sir? I'm not sure. I didn't misgender you, did I? Oh, please. Go fuck yourself. Oh, that's not very ladylike. Oh, oh, now you're fucking misgendering me. Ladylike. Oh, well, uh, what are you exactly? None of your fucking business. What are you? But you said I misgendered you. If I don't know what you are, how can I not misgender you? Don't you love the love Trump's hate community? First, I'm told to beat it, even though I'm on public property. And then someone who truly resembled a female screams about me misgendering him, her, but he, she won't tell me what her or his gender is so that I can correct my verbiage? Bizarre. And I hate to be rude or insensitive here, but do you think maybe that when it comes to Mr. DeBono and his soy-based sidekicks, there might be, you know, an element of mental illness at play here? I mean, are these folks trans activists or are they members of the cosplay community embracing the sort of characters you'd find at Arkham Asylum. You showed me what was possible. You showed me all it takes is fear and a little focused violence. You inspired me. You're out of your goddamn mind. What? This is all in your head. You're sick, twisted. How can you say that? You think you'll be remembered? You're a pathetic psychopath. Begging for attention. You're gonna die alone in Arkham. But you know, folks, when it comes to the culture wars playing out at the school board level, there's plenty of blame to go around, isn't there? Like, where in blue hell is the umpire? I speak of Ontario's milquetoast Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, who is about as effective as a professional wrestling referee these days, while the York Catholic District School Board did the right thing on Monday by not bending the knee to the lunatic fringe. So many other school boards are hopelessly out of control. Ottawa, Toronto, Waterloo, Durham, Halton, bastions of wokeism, trustees who look upon parents as enemies. Lecce can dissolve these school boards, but he won't. Why? Then again, are we approaching this from the wrong angle? Maybe Lecce is all in when it comes to woke nonsense himself? Because it's now abundantly clear that Lecce, who is supposedly a conservative, yeah, insert laugh track here, folks, is incompetent and ineffective. As the saying goes, if you're not part of the, the solution, you're part of the problem, far from our knight in shining armor, Lecce is the cowardly line. But while there was victory in York Region on Monday, the question arises, does an egregious epilogue to the flag debate lurk? Will the decision by the York Catholic District School Board be tolerated? Certainly, the mainstream media has been covering this story as though a day of infamy occurred in Aurora, Expect them to continue to pressure the YCDSB to bend the knee to the rainbow-hued mob. 
After all, dissenting opinions on this file are not allowed. And if you want proof of this, folks, check out what happened to Toronto Blue Jays pitcher Anthony Bass just yesterday. You see, on social media, Bass indicated that he supported the boycotts of Bud Light and Target regarding those companies' disastrous LGBT promotions. And this is an opinion shared by most. <laughs> Check out the current stock price of Anheuser-Busch and Target these days. Uh, but while the leftists chant diversity is our strength, this mantra does not apply to a diversity of opinions. The Blue Jays are owned by robbers, or I mean Rogers, a totally woke company. And Bass was obviously read the riot act. Even though popular support is on his side, Rogers is beholden to political correctness as well when it comes to, you know, moving the merchandise. Rogers is cognizant that so many in the queer community are dinks, i.e. double income, no kids. That means they have oodles of disposable income. And that bodes well for season ticket sales as well as all that grotesquely marked up made in China swag on sale at the stadium's gift shops. So do you really think any allegedly insensitive comments are going to be tolerated by Mr. Rogers and company? And so it was that Bass had to deliver a mea culpa at a press conference that was kind of like a modern day version of Cersei's walk of shame. Check it out. I recognize yesterday I made a post that was hurtful to the Pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I am truly sorry for that. Um, I just spoke with my teammates and shared with them my actions yesterday, and I apologize with them. And as of right now, I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself, to make better decisions moving forward. Uh, the ballpark is for everybody. Uh, we include all fans at the ballpark, and we want to welcome everybody. That's all I can say. Thank you. Sad, but as good as Bass is as a pitcher, he had to bend the knee as in immediately, or he'd no longer be a Toronto Blue Jay, but rather most likely pitching for one of the club's farm teams, such as the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. And that's the thing, isn't it? The media party is pressuring Lecce to force the York Catholic District School Board to reverse its decision. And because Lecce has a spine that makes Jello look like titanium alloy, he might just bend the knee. It wouldn't surprise me. He did so when it came to the teacher strike last year, if you might recall. Of course, the nuke for the pride flag people will be a formal complaint to the unelected and non-accountable Ontario Human Rights Board. And it's a safe bet that this kangaroo court will mandate that the school board jettison Catholic values and raise that pride flag or else. Or else what? Or else how about losing your public funding? Just wait. Does this come as any surprise, really, folks? We live in Justin Trudeau's Canada in 2023. On Monday night in Aurora, the York Catholic District School Board went through a democratic process regarding the raising of the pride flag. The no side won six to four. 
That should be the end of the date, but it won't be. Put another way, in 1984, the late, great Tina Turner scored a number one hit single with the song, What's Love Got to Do With It? But these days, when it comes to the tyrannical left, their theme song seems to be, What's Democracy Got to Do With It? Well, we know so many Ontario school boards have nothing but contempt for parents. So many trustees are control freaks and censorious thugs. But some school board employees would appear to also loathe teachers as well. At least those teachers that dare to speak out about problems. Case in point, an elementary school teacher in the Toronto District School Board says her day-to-day reality is one of, quote, fear, reprisal, and fear of reprisal, end quote. For example, reporting on acts of violence, well, that's verboten. The board likes to pretend everything is okay, and they just sweep problems under the rug. And joining me now to uh, speak about this is the superb investigative journalist with True North, that would be Sue Ann Levy. Sue Ann, welcome to the Ezra Levent Show. Thank you very much, Menzoid. <laughs> Pleasure to have you. Where are where is your uh, prosthetics? Why are you not wearing them today? Um, I think Ezra has made me put those back in the closet, Sue Ann. Okay. okay. <laughs> but Sue Ann, um, and, and of course you referred to the nonsense going on at one of the worst school boards in Ontario, the Halton District School Board. But your most oh. recent piece in True North, it's entitled The TDSB's Culture of Fear and Silence. What do you mean by that, Sue Ann? Well, it's been an ongoing thing, actually, Dave, and it hasn't improved. And as I note in the piece, you know, way back in 2007, lawyer Julian Falconer, who was a bit to the left, uh, talked about the culture of fear and that teachers were afraid to speak out. And there was a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, lip service paid to ending that sort of thing and allowing teachers to speak up about primarily violence in schools. And uh, that never happened. Succession of school board directors, most of them getting woker by the minute. And then comes Margaret Wilson, uh, an education consultant that I highly respected in 2015. She talked also about the culture of fear. Same reason teachers are afraid to speak up. Uh, the administrators at the school board sweep problems under the rug, in particular violence, uh, most especially violence. And uh, and fast forward to tw- 2023, uh, it's gotten out of control, absolutely out of control. And the big difference now is that teachers don't seem to care anymore about speaking up. Although they're anonymous, I've received a flurry of open letters. There's one more that I'm going to be writing about. Um, from the Peel and Toronto school boards about violence in the classroom. You know, and Swen, I mean, certainly in the popular press, we do see stories on a weekly basis about um, schools that are out of control in terms of violence and intimidation and bullying. Um, I don't get it. If you're an educator, if you are caring for these kids in school while they're in school, and so much is said about so-called safe spaces, Well, if the spaces aren't safe, 
In fact, if they're rife with violence, then what in blue hell does the school board, what do they have a problem with teachers reporting these problems? I don't get it. Well, I think the two school boards in particular, Peel and the Toronto school boards, um, are deep into this anti-Black racism agenda, this anti-oppression agenda, is where you as a white male, me as a, I guess I'm a little bit down in the oppression. I'm, I'm, I have more, I'm more oppressed, uh, but I am white. Um, are oppressing Black students. And they brought in a series of maneuvers that include critical race theory, critical race theory being that blacks are oppressed uh, and white people are the oppressors. And uh, tantamount or in conjunction with that, uh, they have relaxed standards of discipline. So the standards of discipline, they're no longer expulsions, no longer suspensions. Uh, discipline is considered in these two boards in particular and this did start with Kathleen Wynne, I might add, the discipline is considered oppressive. So it's like the lunatics are running the asylum now. And um, I'm just going to name the school board director. There's a constant theme. Um, Colleen Russell Rollins came from the Peel board where there's a lot of problems and now is at the Toronto school board uh, spreading her ideology. And uh, this is what's happened. Teachers are just uh, fed up. You know, so when you bring race into it, and I can only think of way back in 1963 when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. made his famous I Have a Dream speech where he referenced that he dreams of a day where a, a person is not judged by their skin color but by the content of their character. And you know, Suen, I'm not making a joke here. If... Dr. King were alive and well and saying that today, he would be accused of hate speech. I mean, he'd be an uncle. Tom. He'd be an uncle Tom. He yeah. would be considered an uncle Tom. Yeah. yeah. Th there is no such thing with these educrats when it comes to a colorblind um, scenario. Uh, everything is race driven. It would seem. How did we get here? Well, I have to blame really Kathleen Wynne and the education ministry and the education ministry that she ran and Mitzi Hunter, who's happened to happens to be running for mayor in Toronto. Um, they brought in a series of edicts uh, through their equity and diversity uh, unit in uh, the education ministry that dumbed down the curriculum, uh, talked about anti uh, oppressive or anti black racism. They actually, it is critical race theory, but they use anti-black racism to try and uh, tone it down a little bit. And that, it, it, it did start with Kathleen Wynne, and these school boards just completely, are completely woke, pandering to the, as we call it, the BIPOC crowd. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Doug Ford and Stephen Lecce, Stephen Lecce has absolutely no guts to stand up to them, to these school boards, and, and they've done nothing to reverse the problems. You know, when it comes to Minister Milktoast Lecce, um, Sue Ann, I constantly have parents come up to me in frustration saying, where the hell is the Minister of, the, of Education? He has the power to dissolve these out-of-control school boards, and he won't. He's AWOL. I, 
here's the thing, Sue Ann, maybe we've been coming at, from, coming at this from the wrong angle. Consider this. What if Minister Lecce is on board with all this wokeism and critical race theory and uh, political correctness? You name it. What if he himself is an advocate? That would explain his inaction on this file, wouldn't you say? Well, I think there are there is some truth to that. I think that they don't want to start. They they feel their hands are tied, which is ridiculous. They don't want to start with the school boards. But all they have to do is take over one or two school boards. I would start with Toronto. The trustees are bad, if not worse, than some of the, I call them educrats or administrators. Um, all they would have to do is take over one of these boards, show the parents that he really cares about education and, and not about uh, all this symbolism and wokeism, and uh, that I think would st set the standard for other uh, boards in Ontario. The other thing is that I said way back, way, way back when Ford took over, that they didn't clean out the woke people from the Kathleen era in the education ministry. And there they are still doing what they do best, you know, providing edicts that have nothing to do with academics and everything to do with well, they call it social-emotional learning, which is ridiculous. Uh, oh, I agree, uh, Sue Ann. This is a conservative government in name only. There's nothing conservative mm -hmm. about this government. Right. It, it, it's an right. absolute disgrace. And getting back to your article, I mean, there were so many disturbing examples you had in it. Mm -hmm. For example, you said that there were um, TDS employees, and I think this goes back many years, who were so afraid to use their board email addresses for fear of being monitored. So, and this sounds like right out of the pages of 1984. Yeah. And there's, you know, I think it's going to come out more and more. I wrote about uh, another teacher's open letter in Peel where uh, I could not believe some of the things that were going on. Even I couldn't believe, um, kids sitting in the hall, blasting music, trying to interrupt classes, leaving school whenever they want, um, putting, you know, going to the washroom and putting unsightly stuff on the wall that, oh. you know, uh, it, it, I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, getting in teachers' faces, using the F word, uh, absolutely no discipline, um, you know, uh, breaking down doors of classrooms. And by the way, by the way, this was grades six to eight. Six Unbelievable. To eight. And, and, and I know, Suen, I, I believe you've written about this in the past. We had a, a great little project going where we had uh, uniformed police officers in schools mm. and yeah. um, uh, mothers, including racialized mothers, as the left likes to say, they were impassioned about keeping them there because mm. their mm -hmm. kids weren't being shaken down. They were actually going to school to learn rather than to be bullied. And um, for some kind of woke reason, that program ended. I would suggest that's a contributing factor for the kind of violence and vandalism that you just described. Huge, huge. That would have been a huge deterrent to have uh, cops in schools. I was, in fact, at the police services board meeting in Toronto when a variety of activists showed up and were screaming and yelling, led by Desmond Cole, the late great, not late great, but, you know, we don't hear much from him anymore, Desmond Cole, the black activist. Um, and there were a whole group of people, teachers, administrators, parents who 
begged the, the police services board not to get rid of the cops in schools program. Here we are. I think it's five years later, and it's absolute anarchy and chaos. And so, and and then on the I guess the administrative side, the woke madness at the Toronto District School Board continues. Earlier this month, Kew Beach Public School had a wonderful pro Mother's Day sign on mm-hmm. uh, on their signage, and. Evidently, somebody who I believe doesn't have a kid at the school and might even be childless complained that something that was pro-mother. And look, I don't care who you are. I don't care if your mother wasn't a, isn't a part of your life or maybe your mother has passed on. But 100% of people on this planet have a mother. And it was deemed sign non grata. The school had to take it down. Meanwhile, yesterday, my cameraman Lincoln and I were at Danforth Tech Collegiate Institute in East York, where they had um, three drag queens performing at lunch hour. I used to think school was about learning the three R's, not, you know, sitting in the gym watching three drag queens uh, shake their booties. What the hell is going on, Sue Ann? Well, it's the infusion of this uh, woke agenda uh, that started with the Kathleen Weir, Wynn era and has continued under our current premier, sadly, um, and where academics have are taking a back seat to uh, this, as I said, social and emotional learning, uh, anti-oppressive agenda, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, besides the de- drag queens, which I happen to love drag queens, but I think there's a time and place for drag queens, and I don't think they should be in schools, period, more, more specifically the junior schools, elementary schools. Um, but, uh, you know, this this whole woke agenda has taken over and kids aren't learning. And, you know, teachers will tell you also that they're subject to indoctrination, to, uh, I guess, seminars or talks from their administrators about how if they're white, they're actually automatically racist and they have to think about, you know, being good people and, and you know, thinking about uh, the black activism agenda. And, you know, the other thing that has happened, which really bothers me, is it's given rise to a series of what I call race grifters, people who have no qualifications whatsoever, except that they're, you know, they're, uh, got their skin color, are coming in and giving uh, talks and making a huge amount of money um, about uh, racism and anti-black racism and, you know, about the fact that you, you, Dave, are a white supremacist. Oh, um, listen, uh, you know, our my boss, Ezra, he likes to talk about human rights being like a poker game. So if I'm a white straight male, which I am, um, that's basically the three of clubs. Uh, but if you are trans, if you have a disability, uh, if you're a convert to Islam, well, that's a royal flush. I mean, that's how the human rights racketeers look at people, Sue Ann. Sadly, well, we're not equal. They don't subscribe mm-hmm. to what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said almost 50 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is appalling. One last question, Sue, Sue, Sue Ann. The, the buck has to stop with Premier Ford. And what mm-hmm. I don't understand, I'm trying to get from you right now what the unspoken strategy is for a lack of inaction. I mean, once upon a time, going back 10 years ago, when 
Doug and his late great brother, Rob, and they're not the same. We have found that out over the years. They're mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. different people. I remember mm-hmm. the days when they called Toronto Star journalists a bunch of maggots. Now mm-hmm. uh, they've given Torstar a gambling license that's worth half a billion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. When it comes to this file, education, um, as you said correctly, this was all the wind government bringing in these mandates. The PCs have a supermajority at Queen's Park. The Liberals yeah. aren't even an official party with seven seats right I know. now. I know. I know. Why are they so reluctant to do what I think so many members of Ford Nation wanted Doug Ford to do in the first place, which is, you know, part of the agenda, reining in these out-of-control school boards? Well, they're not listening to the average parent. That is for darn sure. And I think parents have to get more active. And I'm, as a matter of fact, part of a group that's just formed um, that hope we hope to be a, similar. And I don't have any children in the system, but I've certainly written about it enough. Um, similar to a group in the States called Mums for Liberty, mm. which have made a huge splash in um every state practically in the United States and uh, keep on top of these woke school boards are in their faces, expose the wokeism, uh, fight back. And I don't think there's enough of that. I think parents uh, aren't as involved as they, as they should be. It's starting, it's starting and you're starting to hear from teachers, but there has to be a lot more backlash. I totally agree, uh, Sue Ann. And gee, when you say Mums for Liberty, has the FBI and the Department of Justice deemed them a domestic terror group yet? That sounds like a really they radical name. As, as a matter of fact, you're so funny. They have been called that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Sue Ann, you've just proved a thesis I have. 2019, Mad Magazine goes out of business. Uh, my rationale, because that used to be a money spinner of a magazine. The world is beyond parody, my friend. Uh The front page is Mad Magazine, and I just want to say a special thank you for all your great investigative journalism. You're exposing these serpents, and keep it coming, Sue Ann. You're welcome to come back on the show anytime. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, uh, Dave. I mean, Busty Lemieux. No, Dave. (laughs) Please, I scare easy. (laughs) Thank you, Sue Ann. Folks, lots of response to Sheila Gunn-Reed's monologue yesterday on the Ezra LeVant Show when she was guest hosting regarding victory in Alberta for the UCP and, of course, that province's initiative in terms of harm reduction programs. Bruce Atchison writes, Pray for Daniel Smith. I'm sure hard-left activists will make up all sorts of slanders and write every kind of libel about her We conservative folks must do a better job to show our fence-sitting friends that conservatism works far better than socialism, communism's little brother. Well, you know what, Bruce? I tend to agree with you. I think we on the right, we're just too darn polite. We fight by the rules of Queensbury. Meanwhile, those on the left are bringing foreign objects and hitting below the belt. I'm not saying we should emulate that kind of fighting back, but we need to fight harder. Heck, the country is at stake, wouldn't you say? 
And Chris Coyle writes, in Canada now, cigarettes will have individual warnings on each smoke as we hand out heroin and meth. You know, I didn't know about that. Uh, i got to be honest, as someone who's never smoked a cigarette in his life, uh, that's not going to change anytime soon with those um, horror chiller uh, warnings that they put on the packages, you know, the bleeding heart, the, the, the cracked brain, what have you. But to your point, it doesn't make any sense. Why are some addictions verboten and taxed and others are free? You mentioned cigarettes versus heroin and meth. Well, what if somebody lost their license due to drinking and driving? In theory, according to the left, we should be making house calls to their place of residence and giving them booze and actually not charging for it. It's an addiction after all, but riddle me this, how is that going to improve anything for the individual and society at large? Unbelievable. Well, folks, that takes care of tonight's edition of the Ezra Levant Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My beloved colleague, Sheila Gunn-Reed, she's back tomorrow, Thursday, and she'll have a great show, I am certain. As always, stay safe and stay sane.